welcome to Disruptive Intent. I'm Kevin Sanders, and on episode number 14 of the podcast, I've got Grant Hintz, one of my favorite gamers, content creators, and he's South African. So without a further ado, here's my interview with Grant Hintz. Welcome to Disruptive Intent. Uh, like I said, I, like I told you previously, I interview, trying to get a hold of people that I found that are awesome on the internet, and you are one of those guys, and uh, South African as well. Like I said, I was so I haven't been following you for that long, but when I started, the first thing I thought is like, this guy is definitely a South African that is sitting in the... <laughs> in the in the accent. Uh, well, not that, but I thought <laughs> it's a South African that has moved to the US because of the, the amount of things that you do and the, like the quality of your content... Um, I've, I've, like I said, I'm, I'm, I was shocked that, that, that this, the type of quality of content that come out of South Africa, but now oh, instead wow. of me, if me rambling on in that, um, elevator pitch, who is Grant? Um, uh, my, well, I, I'm a content creator. Um, I predominantly focus on digital stuff. I come from a, a TV background. So I used to be on, uh, Expresso, Breakfast Show, Hectic Nine Nine, a bunch of other local TV shows. Okay. And then just realized that um, digital is the future, especially the kind of stuff that I was focusing on being video yeah. games and technology. So mm. that's what I that's what I that's what I am now. Oh well, well, like I said, that's that's awesome. Like I said, I I get your um now recently with the podcast, I find so many people in South Africa that inspire me and try and, and push my content to 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 the next level, which is awesome. Like I said, I and 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 like I said, that's why I thought I need to sit down with these people chat to them and find out what what initiated that because not everyone like I said I couldn't go out and meet 10 15 other people just around here and none of them are going to think the way that the the creators in South Africa and all over the world think yeah so that's a, that's one of my main things is actually why what what sparked the whole I want to be on TV and I want to be in digital media and create content and that what was the the initial free point? games <laughs> so I, I started um, actually working as a storyboard artist for a cartoon show uh, mm-hmm. in Cape Town. The production house was in a television house because we okay. the cartoon show was on SABC2. And uh, I was just illustrating. And one day, one of the producers of one of the live shows that was happening downstairs ran up and said, Hey, listen, um, the person reviewing this game is sick. Can you fill in? Um tomorrow and we will give you this game and i was like hell yes okay I'll give it a go. i've never been on tv i had a lot of reasons to say no and i said yes and mm-hmm. uh, the rest of history i did it and then they were like do you want to come on again next week <laughs> and then i was like yeah that sounds cool and then um i was just very excitable about games and i think that's why they asked me um and the rest is history yeah pretty much and so, yeah, that developed on to where you now basically a full-time YouTuber and, 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 and Twitch streamer and so on. And that, did you, where do you find, like, so I watched your latest video now about, um, scheduling boredom, like the, that way where you yeah, had yeah. to, and where do you, do you find that inspiration to create the content? Cause like I said, it's not, it's like you have to draw it from somewhere and, and that's what I'm, yeah. Inspiration is a strange thing. Um, to get inspired to make stuff, I, I, I always believe, and I've said this a lot in, 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 in some of my presentations, is mm-hmm. that uh, you've got to consume the best stuff of the things that you're making. In, yeah. in the same way that like a Michelin star chef is probably like um, traveling the world and tasting other Michelin star chef's food, 
yeah. you've got to you've got to do that with with your kind of content. You've got to be I consuming see. the best content, and then mm. reverse engineering. How do I make content at that level? What about that content is compelling to watch? How can yeah. I add that 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 ingredients to what I'm making? And mm. then taking just filling your mind with that stuff, and then digesting it in those intentional board moments going like, hey, I'm going to take a notebook. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to find something and then just write it down and just kind of put those ingredients together in your head. Like that's what like, like I always think of it like as, as a chef, you know, like what would a good mm. chef do? You know, and they're yeah. always probably eating the best food in the world. If they, if they start like cheating on the best food in the world and just eat like fast food all day, every day, they're just going to end up making fast food tasting equivalents because that's what's going to be inspiring them. And they need to be inspired by the best chefs in, on the planet, you know? Exactly. I, well, actually, that, that's actually an awesome way of looking at it. I never thought of it. Okay, maybe. <laughs> like I said, and, and it makes perfect sense because you need a lot of ingredients and you need the experience and there's, like I said, stuff that you have to put in. And obviously, your background in, um, in the, at the media house and all that helped you to develop these skills that you have now. Would you say that is, it's, it's, Hundred percent. Okay, cool. You needed needed that, or would you say, okay, cool? I didn't need to work at that media house. I could have just started my YouTube back then and be like double the size you were now. No, I think my my brand of content, the mm -hmm. the way I produce content, is definitely inspired by working in, in television productions, working with crews uh, who understand their disciplines and trying to make those disciplines work. Like even with live streaming. Like mm. having worked a lot in live TVs helped me produce what I think is a very compelling live stream because yeah. not only is it the, it the skill of hosting and presenting content on a daily basis exactly, for those yeah. couple of years helped, but knowing what happens on screen, how to vision mix that properly with a stream deck, how vision mixing works in a professional context. I think stream mm. deck is, is a very interesting piece of hardware because it's, it's hardware yeah, that's yeah. designed as vision mixing hardware. Um, and it's lifted off of what people are currently doing at the BBC and the SABC and uh, like uh, yeah. like television shows all around the world. And now you've got that piece of hardware in your lounge or in your streaming room. Like, mm -hmm. how does that work? Like, 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 uh, like a lot of people don't exactly, understand. Yeah. And I think that experience has definitely helped me and it made my brand of content. That said, I don't think you necessarily need that. You can find something mm -hmm. that you are good in whatever has brought you to the place that you're at in your life. That's going yeah. to inspire the kind of content that you create. Definitely, yeah. No, it's, I said, I, I, I think 100%, if you didn't have that background, you would have also eventually, um, like I said, still be able to learn these things. Like I said, I have my photography side is a good example of that. I've learned, I've not attended one of photography class or anything. All that I've learned come from, came from YouTube and actually taking the camera, going out and shooting and learning that from that. So I was one of the fortunate people that could follow that route and learn it that way. But um, if you lucky like yourself and had that experience of that corporate environment and take those guidelines and then use it somewhere else, I think that's perfect. And I yeah, think, like there's, yeah. A, there's a video that's going around now, these kids in Nigeria who mm -hmm. only have a phone and like a green screen. And I saw that, making, yeah. <laughs> and like they're making insane, like like sci-fi things, and like they're they're working within their limitations to produce something that's really cool. They can't upload anything longer than ten minutes now because yeah. of the internet constraints. But like, imagine what they're doing with the capacity of the things that they have means that if they if a Hollywood exec picks them up, they would fly in that environment yeah. because they like have worked with like shackles on 
like in in terms of like bad internet yeah, or very exactly, low res yeah. camera when they get the best in the world they'll know exactly how to to optimize that that hardware mm-hmm. so yeah like it's just, you work with the best that you got you know and if that's if that's youtube and you are studying stuff then do it you know Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, um, I've always said um, my corporate background, my nine to five job, I always hated it. I said, oh, this is not this is not what I want to do. But seeing, looking back at that thing now, uh, those jobs and certain rules and how HR works and all those things <laughs> has has taught me so much about how to run my own business. Because if you're yeah. starting out and you suck, okay, I need to do this or that or do whatever you you like said you kind of need to go and google it but if you had that experience previously it helps a lot in managing it because i said we all want to create content but obviously at some point you need to get paid and you need to sustain that and have it grow and so on yeah Yeah. but talking more on the on the on the actually sustaining it and, and 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 doing it for a living like yourself is would you say it is becoming more uh, or easier or more difficult in South Africa to be a content creator, and especially in gaming, in, in, in a sense? Um, yes and no. It's tough. I think that mm-hmm. um, I don't think that it, there's no. It's not easier or harder. It's not. It's not a job that you can apply for. Mm-hmm. So it's not some somewhere you're pulling out a CV and doing it and I think a lot of if you're an entrepreneur or you're running your own business none of these jobs are jobs you can apply for you, you can't yeah. put together a CV and go somewhere and do it unless you're building a traditional business like mm. you're busy building into retail or yeah. um, into traditional publishing or, or whatever the case is or TV but because I've had to kind of reverse engineer this how this worked was when I when I started I realized that there was a there was a gap where people had low budgets uh, for digital content, um, mm-hmm. smaller companies, and they needed like a lot of exposure with influencers. But influencers were either overcharging or not specialized. So I became a specialized influencer for gaming and tech, which what I, which that's what I was doing on TV anyway. So yeah. and then I and then I just charged very affordable rates. So mm. um, that was how like did this and I took I took a gap in the market by going like there's there's, there's this need and I'm able to fulfill it and I think that um, if you are a content creator of any kind you find a need like whether it's um, uh, like a vegan chef like Mm -hmm. it's 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 a it's a need that there's a space for that you can totally utilize there's like uh, company they're literal they're literal food distributors that are exclusively vegan so if you become a vegan content producer and you start making stuff, you can approach them and just go, okay, cool. I'm a niche content producer yeah. and then, and then leg it. So just see how far you can take it. It took mm. me a, a long time to start making it into a, like a sustainable income, but you could, you can, you can do anything that's niche and just m- slowly build yourself as the, the person to speak to when it comes to that. And that doesn't mm. happen overnight. That as a content creator, it happens over a long period of time. So if you've got a current job, keep it. Or if you've got the mm. capacity to to graft, if you're uh, at home with the folks or whatever, and you want to do something, do like do it after hours. Make it your passion project, and then yeah. uh, make it you know build into it. Yeah, you know, build into it. No, it makes hundred percent sense because um, I always thought when I started out with photography and saying that I can do. Uh, focusing on being able to do any sort, any sort of photography, going from action sports to headshots to portraits <laughs> to product yeah, photography. No, that, yeah, that, but I, so I thought 
being calling yourself is like I can do anything would would land me more jobs if work. I can say it like that more 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 work and work with brands but it, it's actually quite the opposite now now that I've more focused on just doing action sports and just doing um, more automotive photography and such like a, those deals have come forward now and um, I think that's the key thing is finding finding that niche being open in the start because uh, well, like I said if I told if you told me let's say five six years ago that I'll be an action sports photographer and and doing those things I would have laughed at you said no 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 I'm just going to do these all these things and and now it makes sense. It's like the same thing um, with with being um, and going into a doctor's field. You you get your GP that kind of can generalize anything, and they they don't charge that much. But as soon as you have to go to a specialist, and they only do those things, they can charge a hell of a lot more because they 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 got their niche. They only do knee yeah. surgery or whatever. <laughs> and a good example, yeah, photography is a good example because you could do anything. You could go like automotive. Obviously, they've got budget, but you could if you're an individual, you could do pet portraits yeah. and you can charge you can charge like two grand a, a set of photos um coming out and doing the photos and they're probably going to be enough clients for you to do that and then the skills that you develop around that will be like how to take photos of animals how to get an animal to do something like with treats how to you know and then you've already that's a very weird niche that i've just thought of but you know you can yeah. there's always if you if you focus on that, yeah, you're right. Specialization is, is is a way to get employed, and it's and because you don't have like a huge company, like a, yeah. you know, you just have yourself to arrange. I think it becomes like you have a sustainable amount of clients, and also exactly. working like with automotive, like it's interesting because I don't know what you would charge, but like, um, yeah, it's interesting because you 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 could probably charge a decent amount of money for automotive because. Yeah. The Mercedes Benzes of the world are taking photos, but like family <laughs> portraits or or, yeah. or weddings, or th- there's different different. You can do two weddings a month as a wedding photographer and make your money for the whole month, yeah. um, or you could um, do twenty pet shots uh, or ten or twenty pet shots throughout the month to make your monthly income. There's just so many different op- opportunities exactly. and stuff to to do. So yeah, you're right. No, definitely. But like I said, that's the other question I have. You like I said my my knowledge in that on gaming is is extremely limited in that sense. Like I said I remember the, the only time I actually competitively gamed was <laughs> back in I like think two thousand eight, two thousand nine. We played Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Oh, nice. We went yeah, to yeah. you're ready for the new one, to, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm so stoked. I can't wait for the new new uh, World Warfare. But like I said we played that competitively and that, and we were always. I'm trying to find those niche games, and not niche games, but the, the that's quite the opposite. No, not going for the niche games, but yeah. going for what's popular at the moment. Because I spoke to another gamer as well, and he also is trying to build his stream. And he says, for instance, he's just playing Fortnite to be on that bandwagon to yeah. get the exposure. Because if someone watches, oh, they want to watch Fortnite now because it's massive, they're gonna hopefully see his stream and then start following him. But then. Like I said, that's all I wanted to ask you. Is it better to, in that realm, find your niche? and Or let's say you like Train Simulator and you become the best guy at playing Train Simulator. It or depends. You put, um, yeah. It depends. Like, like, I believe that is the best way to do to go about it. I think gone are the days of being a massive influencer like Logan Paul or like Sidemen. I think those people are going to be few and far between, to be honest. I think you mm-hmm. can have a very exciting, successful, sustainable career with – 30, 40,000 subscribers, 
focused on Train Simulator, <laughs> and <laughs> if you dig it, and and those people become Patreons and uh, support you and grow and grow like slowly over time. I think that's that's a career that you, that's valuable. Um, I look at a guy like Epos Vox. He's like a content creator um, that focuses on uh, streaming the techie side of streaming. So that he does okay. a lot of um, what. What encoding bit rates should your um, <laughs> should your uh, yeah. AMD Radeon fifty seven hundred XT be capturing at for OBS? And that's very yeah. niche, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. He, and and it's, it's not only that level; he disseminates it for you. So if you are interested in that nerd nerdy part of it, you mm-hmm. he's, he's good. So I've become a Patreon of his because I use a lot of his tools. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a huge following. He's got a. He's closing in on 200k followers, yeah. but probably only has like 50 uh, Patreons. But those mm. Patreons are people like me who really care about what he's making, and I exactly, need him. Yeah. I need yeah. him to carry on doing that. Otherwise, it makes my <laughs> job extraordinarily hard. So yeah. yeah. But I, I see that becoming more of a of a thing these days. Like I said, people joining up. Like I said, on, on your YouTube, you can join. You can pay a monthly subscription because people find value in that. Um, I was explaining it to another friend of mine because he's still stuck on, he needs DSTV, he needs a decoder, and he's not going to get into Netflix or doesn't stream content or whatever because it's too expensive. And I said to him, well, I go and I watch, let's say, um, I've got um, certain shows that I watch on Netflix, that's cool, but um, certain people that I follow on YouTube, like for instance, the guys, um, there's a guy that I've, I've actually tweeted at him um, yesterday, Jesse Driftwood. He puts up content and that, and he's so entertaining. It's basically like a show. Like way back when we said, okay, Tuesdays, three o'clock, this show's on and you wait for that show and you follow these people around. So instead of paying a company like MultiChoice for a DSTV subscription, you can contribute via Patreon to these people. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, yeah, that's and, nice look at it. Yeah, and then you pay them for the content they're creating because the same production value, because even more, like I said, these guys, sometimes these guys shoot on red cameras and that, and that's a hell of expensive equipment. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so you get those type of production value and then you expect them to just give the content away. So I think adding a paywall to your content might be a way to fend off people, but the people that do decide to pay and become a Patreon or see the behind the scenes content or whatever for an extra few bucks, I think those are your true people that will help yeah. you pay your your your, your, uh, your monthly your bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah like it's, it's about rewarding people that believe in you and believe in your content, you know, and, uh, and it's not about pay, making a pay gate. I'm still producing content but you can still benefit those people you know just to say thank you exactly because like being taught teaching myself on youtube and and all that so i said all my stuff that i've learned on premiere pro and that there's a guy's channel um i think it's orange 83 i've got to just save the one of my my links there but he shows you how to do transitions and this and that and that and he gives it all away for free and when you click on his on his shop you can just say, cool, buy it for free, or you can add a contribution to whatever yeah. is. And I've said, the things that he's given me for free has benefited me so, like I've made money from the stuff that I've learned from what yeah. he, he taught me. So how can I not contribute to it? And I think that's the um, thing. You would actually be a perfect person to ask then, 
Do you think South Africa's attitude is the same as what they say? I think of how to do it, or do you think we're still moving into the direction of, of seeing it that way? I think we're moving into that direction. Bear in mind that like our income is a lot lower. So mm. like our earnings. So like five dollars for, for us is it's like a yeah. hundred bucks. It's like it's exactly. it's it's like buying mm. someone lunch, you know? Versus <laughs> um uh like overseas, like five dollars from an earning power perspective is actually not that much. So, in a way, it's a good thing because if we're focused yeah. on producing content for South Africans, we yeah. probably are going to struggle. But if you focus on creating content for an international market who can afford to throw away five dollars um, yeah. in your direction, you might actually make a lot more money because that money goes further here. And we've got the facilities, as you were saying. You're mm-hmm. looking at my channel. We've, you know, you can't believe it's that quality of content is coming from South Africa. But exactly. It, yeah. it can, insane. and there's no reason why mm. it can't. And mm. we've got the tools, we've got the facilities, we've got the distributors bringing Canon cameras yeah. down into the country, and and you know we we can make it happen for ourselves. We've got phones, Definitely. you know, you know you, you can film incredible things with uh, like the I don't know if you've seen the the Samsung Galaxy Note 10. Like it's, yeah, it's insane, the man. stuff you can you can illustrate, you can edit on your phone if you want to. Mm. Like there's no reason why you can't make content. And if we are focused on um, positively generating content for an international audience and asking people and, and focusing on what, what what you're good at. Remember, we were talking about like our past experience. Yeah, like sure, sure. Pulling that past experience into content that matters for people that are, that are similar to you or that relates to that kind of content. Mm. Say you're an electrical engineer and you can make electrical content for electrical engineers and electrical engineers around the world are are like excited about what you're producing and they and they need it and they will pay and they'll pay you to continue doing it for mm. you know put five ten dollars a month into your channel that goes a long way here you can get yeah. like 500 people to give you five ten dollars a month yeah. like in south africa that's that's a sustainable <laughs> yeah. business model you know what i'm saying definitely definitely because i saw these uh this one channel well i followed it through another channel that i saw but the, uh, it's a couple they call becky and chris they, uh, Chris, he is, uh, he works in radiology or x-rays and stuff like oh, that. Wow. And he's, he's got a, a practice in the, in, in Canada. And what he did was him and his partner or in the, in the, in the x-ray or the radiology practice, they started a YouTube channel. They put up a nice little extra and they start explaining these procedures, how this works and that works and that. Amazing. And the other day I went in there and I saw, but this guy's got three, four, five hundred thousand views on his channel. Like that's the guy's talking about x-rays. How sick. And that's again about the niche. Once you get that, and like I said, that's his field of expertise. He's qualified. He's studied. He's got all the degrees and that. So he's got the know-how. And then someone like me that's kind of curious in that matter. So I'll go and watch his video about x-rays and I don't give a damn, of, but it's just interesting. Yeah. So I think that's that's perfect. Yeah, it's it's, it's there's so many ways. Even like uh, I mean, uh, this is controversial for some people, but like mm-hmm. even there are like streamers that do lewd photos, like I've noticed, and they'll do yeah. like pay pay gates for that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I just go like the business models. Like I look at this all from a business perspective, and I just say yeah. the business models are just crazy. What have you got to offer? What have you? Yeah. What well, what are you good at? What is your brain taking you? And you can literally. So like they could probably sell some sweet like X-ray merch, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like exactly, cups, yeah. uh, like cups with X-ray stuff. You know, there's just like your mind can go to some really crazy places if you think about it. Just the bathwater thing, like how yeah. genius, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, so- <laughs> like, and you can, and you can, it just it blows my mind. Like, and 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 that's why a lot of South Africans are very critical 
of mm. content creators around the world yeah. instead of going like uh, like, like if, if instead of being critical work on mm. why that was genius yeah. and then see if you can apply it to your business and in the same way i think people yeah. that are critical like that just never end up making anything mm. because they're scared of receiving the same form of criticism so mm. they because they're so quick to dish it out Imagine like they're probably imagining 10 or 20 people thinking the same thing about them. <laughs> you exactly. Know? So they yeah. just go like, oh, I can't put this out. They're going to tune my voice or they're going mm. to, um, you know, like I've, I've been tuning people's voices. I've been doing, you know, and then they, yeah. they think it's going to happen to them. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're, they're playing on their own insecurities because they're like, like insecure exactly. about, you know. Exactly. Yeah, well, see, that's the, that's the same thing that I did. Well, as I said, one of the things I'm not planning it all. It might turn into a, a proper channel or whatever, but my, my YouTube channel where if I go on a video shoot or a photo shoot or whatever, then I take my GoPro with me, except that's all I use. It's just my GoPro as my vlogging camera. Amazing. And then I try to just cover that. And the first thing that I thought as well, is like, oh, people are going to say, oh, what's a lekker accent video? And then he's got, and, and or make any comments. And then all of a sudden I just said, screw it. I'm not even going to pay attention to that. If that guy comments on my thing, it's going to count as another comment on my video and it yeah. might get me more views. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. No, so um, but have you been like talking about the comment section on on that end of getting like South Africans giving you like the, like the worst comments on your streams and stuff like that? And yeah, I get I get negative stuff. So um, some people don't like the fact that you are like it's weird. People don't like the fact that you're getting popular. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they just no, don't. They don't like that yeah. concepts. So they always think that you're getting popular for nefarious reasons or. Mm -hmm. um, if my if some of my videos are promoted because if they've got sponsors in them, they get promoted um, and they see it as a video ad and they go like, wow, is this video getting pushed me as an ad? Like, please, uh, GTFO. And I go like, hey, <laughs> like you're here now, right? Yeah. You're watching my video. Um, and that's yeah. why brands – it's a business model, right? And people, mm. you know, that, that's how businesses function. Like, um, you don't exactly. say that about insurance <laughs> or yeah, whatever. True, true. So, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, and then at the same time, I must say, I've got a lot of, uh, compliments. So like mm. you get brands that are really excited about working with you and you get, uh, content, yeah, like other cool. content creators that are going like, wow, I want to make content like this. Let's connect or, um, mm. doing, you know, you know, like consuming a lot of your content, jumping into the live streams, you know, yeah. and that's reward. That's rewarding. You know, that's way more rewarding and, uh, and they're completely outnumbered. You can see, the likes and dislikes yeah. ratio on the channels yeah. completely outnumber people that are giving me criticism. Um, mm. So, yeah, people are just better, you know, and like it, it sucks, but that's that's life. You're gonna have to deal with that. And exactly. the, if they are critical, it's it's actually their their problem, not mine. To be honest, like I don't the criticisms. If it's not constructive, it's just hateful. Then I just don't listen. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I got a, a bit of that from my nine to five job where. Um, I went to the office and um, actually got a deal to shoot with um, Nissan, South Africa. They gave Enough. me a, a new, uh, what's it, 370Z, and I had to go and take pictures. Of, they gave it for me over the weekend, and actually, unfortunately, right. I, I had to go and collect it at the, the Friday, the Friday morning. So I had to drive with it to work. And then I parked at my normal spot, and everyone's like, oh, did you buy a new car? And I said, no, no, I'm working with this. And 
there were like let's say five people that were excited and say cool like your your work's going somewhere you're getting attraction yeah. or whatever but and then there were like 20 other people that were saying oh my god he's probably gonna wreck the car he's like all these weird comments and stuff and i just thought exactly what you said they're the people that in the last 20 years has done nothing else with their lives and now someone else is younger than them doing stuff that they wish they could do and then they just sour that's all no, I mean, they, the thing is, people could do it, like, they, people procrastinate or often think they don't, like, it's a matter of doing stuff. Like, I, I have a, I have a policy in my life that I just do something, if, if, if I think it's going to be cool for the next six months to a year to do it, I'll just do it. So, yeah. and I've always had that attitude, I don't have a 10-year plan. When I got my first job storyboarding, it was counterintuitive. I had a degree in, in advertising. I, have a, mm. I went to AAA, uh, the job market was bad. Um, but at the same time, I just thought like, hey, that's a fun job. And it was paying four grand a month, eh? Like it was nothing. Yes, <laughs> Full nine to five for four, four and a half grand a month. Oh, and I was just like, you know, I just, I thought like, hey, I'll do it because I think it's fun. Like, and I, and I had that, like, that was my attitude. And then I just, I would just see where it goes. Like, um, and then something new would come up and I go like, hey, that looks better. Like, or that looks like yeah. it would be fun to do for a while. Like yeah. if I was looking for a long-term secure job, um, then I would have chosen something completely different. You know, I would have gone into an ad agency. I would have fought to yeah. become a creative director. I would have gone up the, the, the normal chain of things. Exactly. Um, but fortunately, I just had people that believed in me like throughout my life, like, um, that I could, like my folks and, and people around me that would just go like, yeah, do it. Like, that's cool. We got your back. And that's, and that's yeah. been very reassuring to go like, Hey, I'll see where this goes for a while, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> And like my job right now never existed when I started working. And, exactly. um, and when I started working uh, in 2009 at Zupi, digital video wasn't a career. It wasn't a career path when I started. No one, everyone thought it was, it was like a big downgrade. It was a huge jump for me because I was like, it's more fun. But yeah, TV but- is like a career. And my mom was like still getting to raps with the idea that like I was on TV and she was like, should be pitching your own TV shows now through the production. Why would you leave a TV production house to go to like a digital video? And I was like, it's more fun. And the Mm -hmm. thing is I just jumped in and was like, cool, let's give this a go. And like I got paid and it was, you know, I learned a lot. And I actually, the time when that about 2017 was when that like six years after that job was when the big learnings from that time really paid off. Those two yeah. years that I was working there, I just mm-hmm. recalled a lot of really exciting information. And you don't really realize how big a move that is until you look back, you know? Um, exactly. Like uh, one of the most important things was it was 2009, 2010, and Let's Plays weren't a thing. And Let's Play <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't a word that people used. The exactly. Let's yeah. Plays came about because uh, uh, news outlets started game, game uh, giant, giant bomb. Uh, these old GameSpot employees started this thing where they do something called a quick look, where they put mm. like a game in for an hour, record it with voice and upload it raw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was like the first Let's Play that I'd ever seen. I was like, wow, people are watching an hour of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and unboxings <laughs> weren't a thing. They started they started yeah. only coming about. So all these genres are being formed while I was working on digital video. And I look back and I go like, we were like there when it started and we're doing this now. And that's when the payoff started coming in. There wasn't really a payoff like immediately after I went back into TV after that company folded. But I had yeah. a lot of things that I put in a box and I kept aside. And like now I can recall 
you know, that, that stuff later and go like, wow, that was interesting. You know, yeah. and anyway. No, but that, no, but that's perfect. That's, I think that's the big change of um, our generation to maybe even our parents. Because I think some of our parents folks are also in that way, but chasing fun and reward rather than money and security. Um, I think in a sense, we are a very reckless generation and that pans out in both ways. Like I said, it could be, yeah. you could be Grant on Twitch making a living, uh, playing games and streaming and creating content, or you can go reckless the other way and end up in some very dark place where you shouldn't be. So I think yeah, that reckless nature is a cool thing to have. Yes, it is. But being reckless is not always good. Not everybody mm. can afford to be reckless. And yes, I think I'm very lucky so. because I had people around me that believed me that like mm -hmm. I, I could fall back on financially if anything went like to, to, to poop, you know, yeah. and it gave me the, it gave me the, the power to do stupid things like, like, do, makes sense. like YouTube long time uh, for, for full time, you know, mm -hmm. whereas like I think a lot of people can't or don't have the aptitude to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And they need people in their lives to go like, hey, maybe you should focus on something else. A good example is when I was in high school, I used to be part of a punk band. Right? Okay. And cool. I can't sing. <laughs> I can't sing at all. Um, and nice. my mom was the one who was like, Grant, like, you can't sing. Like, I don't mm. know why you're doing this. And I was like, oh, mom, uh, <laughs> like, whatever. But then one of the songs, but they still come to all our shows and stuff. So they're still supportive. Mm. But my mom's support was always like honesty. Mm. And one of the things she said was we had one song where I rapped. It was like this rap core thing. And my mom was like, nice. you can rap. You can't sing, but you can rap. Rap, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's interesting. That encouragement in a direction yeah. which I never thought I had, Yeah. you know, I, I, like it wasn't a skill set that I thought I had. Like really, I, I put my head down, I got out of the punk thing, and then ended up making three albums, uh, oh, rap albums, <laughs> like throughout Varsity and high school that like even DJ Fresh played on, on 5 of him. Damn, and that's it was, cool. Yeah. And that's just the power of like encouragement, but encouragement in the right direction. And if you listen to the people in your life that you trust and believe, um, yeah. that's, that's extremely valuable. Um, and I think not everybody should be taking massive risks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because they'll do something. I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and join idols. And then you see these people on idols and you're like, didn't they have parents? Yeah, so they have friends around them. Like they can tell them, like, <laughs> exactly. like what they're doing is a huge mistake, um, yeah. and that's okay. It's not hurtful to tell people what they're doing is the wrong thing for them. It it just means that if you want that person to succeed, there are there are parts of that person that will succeed or yeah. guaranteed to succeed, and um, the people in your life that truly love you are the people that can point that out for you. No, definitely. And I, I think that boils down to with every single person that I've spoke to on, on the podcast now, it's, it's, it's those people that you surround you with. Um, that's the key feature, be it your parents, be your parents and friends or just friends or whichever way you, you go. Um, make sure that those people can be honest to you. And um, um, you don't get a, a bunch of, uh, like I said, I always uh, compare it to um, these rappers or boxers in the US. They've got these posses around them and they can't do anything. Like I said, they'll, if they say, let's jump off this building, there's five other guys in his crew that will say, yes, let's jump off this building. Jump off the building, let's go. And then yeah. you do it. And you're like, oh, that's not exactly. helpful. Yeah. 
And um, we need, you need those guys that can be honest to you and you need to be humble enough to take that on a chin and say, you know what? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I can't sing, but let's, let's give this rap thing a, a chance. Or maybe I can't do this. I'm not going to be a model or whatever and rather be behind the camera. And then it's a lot better. That's it. Also like a lot of self, like there are people that are really good at self-reflection mm. and, and, and like they know what they're good at or like what they're able to achieve. The thing is, I think a lot of people like that know what their capacity is based on their past experience, but the, the, the ability to then take that idea and go, okay, cool, let me risk something like risk failure to do something and test my limits on, on something else. So you might think that you might know that you could rap, but somebody else tells you you're not, but you've got the self-awareness to understand that I, you know, and the past experience to know that your judgment on your of, of your own self is clearer than that person's judgment. The oh, trick okay. is to find people whose judgment you trust. That's it. Yeah. And if yeah, you trust definitely. those people's judgment, you know, then um, then it's good to hear from them. You know, mm, you shouldn't yeah. trust the posse of rappers telling you to jump off a building because they're your fans. <laughs> you know, yeah, man. Yeah, because yeah. everyone jumps and escalate, and they just want to. Yeah, just want to see what what happens next. Yeah, but exactly, that's that's the perfect thing. I think. Um, just surrounding you with the right people around you. And that goes to me more, not only to just you, the people around you, but the, um, the, 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 the companies and that you connect with. And that leads me to another question I have here. And so in your experience, how is the South African market open to this new form of advertisement? So I said, putting their name on a YouTube video or putting their name on a Twitch stream or like, how how how's your experience with that? They are very open to it. Um, the the trick with this stuff is to be very honest, clear, and transparent in your proposals. Um, yeah. So be realistic when it comes to the amount of uh, viewership you can get, and be realistic with the price as well. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge with influencers is that they're overcharging. So, mm. <laughs> so they go to a brand and they'll go like, "Yo, I need like." 40,000 rand and then they go like why and you've only got like 2,000 followers like, <laughs> yeah. and then you can't back it up so mm. and it's not about follower count either you might have 2,000 followers but 40,000 rand is worth it and there are yeah. lots of different ways you can you can package a, a business proposal to somebody you can go like I will uh, upload the video to my YouTube channel I've got mm. 2,000 followers I get uh, uh, X amount of watch time um, and then I will go to your event and film that event, uh, or I'll give a, a lecture at your uh, university or whatever the case is. And then you've yeah. got a package of, of products that you can break down and itemize for your for the person you're working with. So they go like, oh, that's what I'm spending my money on. But like, mm -hmm. where does that 40,000 rand come from? How did you exactly. evaluate that money? Like, yeah. what is my return on investment as a brand when I'm dealing with you? So mm. um, that's why I have quite a lot of sponsors on my channel as well. Everything's like... Uh, it's non-exclusive. There are um, low prices so that it's sustainable for the business to be on long-term. And it's good yeah. for me because sustainable income is, is as, a, as a consecrator is actually the most important thing that I need to look at. So if yeah. I can build out a sustainable um, model that's lateral for a client, whether it's like a photo set for a client every month plus yeah. a couple of videos that they get some amazing content for a couple of thousand rand, um, that they can use internally on their website or whatever. That's a deal for them. It's a bargain. And it's a yeah, deal yeah, for me yeah, because it means that a large portion of my time is spent doing something very cool that mm. I, uh, you know, that I quite enjoy and I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting paid to do it and I don't have to necessarily go into an office 
because I have to make an income. <laughs> I, yeah, have to pay, yeah. I have to pay the rent. I have to put food on the table. Mm. I, I just, I mean, ideally, I wouldn't be working at all. <laughs> like, you know, but at yeah, the exactly, end of the day, yeah. I have to do that stuff. And I'd rather do it, even if I'm earning little, but doing something that I'm, that's way more entertaining, way more fun, that I'm only beholden to, to sponsors. I don't necessarily have a boss. I can steer the ship in a direction which I think is the right way to go. I know what it's oh. like being in a company and trying to steer the direction of a company. There's no point. <laughs> like everybody's no, no, got their own vision. Unless you're senior, that's never going to happen. But you can contribute to the best of your ability in those spaces. But the most contribution you can you can have is in your own life and your own content and your own dealings with clients. You can go – I've often gone to clients and gone like, we're going to change everything up because we're getting yeah. far more interaction in a completely different way. And yeah. I, have the, I have the right to make that call. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I go to a boss and I'll go like, here are the metrics we need to change. And they'll go like, no, we can't do that. We can't sell it like that. <laughs> you know, and be like, okay, well. <laughs> Fine. It's not the best thing for the client, so I suppose whatever. It's yeah. you, the boss, not me. You know, so that kind yeah, of thing. Well, that that was the other question I asked you is um, how how much control brands are because I said not from my experience but what I've heard of um, guys being sponsored by car manufacturers. Like so this, this one guy specifically, he got a car from uh, from a certain dealership. Um, the, the, there was a photo taken from him at an event with a beer in his hand and they called him the next morning and said, sorry, we've uh, retracted our sponsorship. You are promoting drinking and driving because you were supposed to be there with our vehicle. You've got a beer in your hand and now that we don't condone drinking and driving. So they bring that back. Obviously that's, a, a, it's, it's a bigger, bigger thing, but to what extent do these brands have control over you as a creator when they say here is the new so Samsung Galaxy Note 10, please give us, uh, make us make content and here's an extra amount of budget, do whatever you need. Contracts are your friend. <laughs> yeah. so, it, so like you – and the con- contracts are important because mm. um, when you go into a business with, with a brand, you are essentially forming a relationship with them. It's, yes. it's a kind of relationship. So, mm-hmm. in a married relationship, uh, you literally have a piece of paper with like terms of, of its expectancy. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like to think of it like that, is, but that's what a marriage certificate is. That's what signing exactly. – you, you are by law expected to fulfill a certain role in this person's life, right? Yeah. That's what marriage is and you're protected by the law of the country. And it's the same way with a contract. You're protected by the law of the country because between the two of us, between the client and myself, those expectations are very clear. So as long as everybody knows what is me- what each person's meant to do, they can't be disappointed. You know what That's I mean? Because you, the, the the expectations are clear. Disappointment mm-hmm. comes in when you don't have a contract, and yeah. somebody either wants to do more than is expected, or like more than what you've maybe initially spoken about, and then eventually yeah. you're going like this is like really uh, uh, abusive. You know, in a way, it's yeah. disappointing to to be abused yeah. like um, uh, by a client for a lot of content. Or the other way around where you don't meet any of the deliverables or uh, things that the client's expecting at the end of the yeah, month and they look and they go exactly. like, well, we didn't get what we paid for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the same as going into a restaurant and you see some, a photograph of the food on the menu and then it arrives yeah. and you go like, that's like <laughs> half the size. Because what yeah. you, why you're disappointed is because what you saw in the picture is what you were expecting. Yeah, when it exactly. arrives, you're disappointed because it, you've, it's been a, a, a lack of uh, – haven't had your expectations met. So, yeah. so that's why those things are important. So for a company like that with the, with the drinking and the, and the beer and the car, I understand if it was explained 
and that was the expect expectation. And yeah, if that was the expectation, then that person shouldn't have done that. Should be thinking um, yeah, yeah. for the brand, going, okay, cool. Actually, I can't do that because that is my requirement. I can't drink at those events because I am driving my car there. Like, mm. and if that's in the contract, it depends on the on the car company as well because they might not have a problem with you drinking at an event that you may or may not have brought the car to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. But but if but if it was in the contract, which I I, I think it might have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> They might not, they might not be allowed to be drinking in any pictures that they have. You know, yeah. there might be a rule. They're going like, we're uh, BMW and we can't have any alcohol in any of our videos or, or images. And then you go, okay, cool. So an expectation of a brand that's sponsoring you like that is you've got to cut out alcohol brands. Mm. And you go like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. or if you, if you're unsure, call the, your contact there and go like, Hey, listen, I'm thinking of starting a, a deal with SAB. I won't be drinking and driving, but can oh, you guys okay with it? You know, and then yeah, if they go, yeah, yeah, we totally cool. Get us to us in an email, and then yeah. you got it in writing that everyone's okay. Makes sense. Okay. Well, that sounds like I said that sounds a lot more like I said. The contracts definitely are your friend. I saw that with uh, well, like the photo shoots and stuff that I did as well. So to when um, they expected X amount of photos of certain athletes that I had to take and. They expected it by a certain date, and that's it. I actually took a lot more photos than uh, they they needed, and sent it to on the like a day before. Um, on uh, they they expected it and everything. So I think that would be perfect because that gave me a guideline. Oh, okay, cool. We need it by this date. That that that. And and then you, and then you also know how to yeah. You're right. You know you know how to exceed expectations too because yeah. you know what the minimum expectation is. Yeah. And then you can then go like. But if I include like 10 or 20 extra photos or do something that's outside of my contract as an in favor, then yeah. they are really impressed with you because you're able to, they're getting more than they paid for. Literally, that's, the, that's the, and then they'll probably work with you again. Definitely. No, so I saw, it sounds very simple, but um, I took photos of this one, uh, one DJ, uh, he's a I know, celebrity, more personality DJ type guy. And um, I sent him all the high-res photos that he can use on his ads and whatever. But as an added bonus, I put in a folder with social media photos that I took that I cropped for Instagram stories. I cropped for uh, Instagram oh, nice. and stuff. Just, so just a, already cropped in things. So he doesn't have to go and struggle. And like I said, it's yeah. with the algorithm on Instagram. He can see a full page and stuff like that. So I explained this to him and we've been working ever since. I worked with him on Saturday again. So small, small little details like that. I think that that that's that's the perfect thing. So like I say he expected X and I gave X, Y, and Z. So I think that's yeah. just that little bit. So to to get more, like I said, you said you don't have a, a ten year plan or five year plan. But what is your six year plan now? Six months plan going forward? What 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 can we see you doing in the future now? survive <laughs> no, no um well right now i'm pretty i'm really happy with uh with the channel and the way things are going i think that um uh, i've got a couple of things in the burner with it which are, which is nice um and uh the, the landscape of the influencer scene is changing quite a lot so i have to see how things are going next year um in terms of um like, do I have to change up this model but at the end of the day i don't think I'm, a lot of dr drastic changes actually need to happen um, cause I think what we're doing is the right, we've set the sales in the right direction, but I am very, um, uh, I'm very agile. I think when it comes to the stuff, I know how to, to be quick and, 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 um, change with the times. And also 
um, preempt like uh, something that that comes up. I think being able to predict um, the state of the market is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and 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 that you learn that from working with clients. Like, what are they prepared to spend, and what what do they expect from an influencer? Even those little things are changing. I think yeah. influencers are expected to be more integrated in the in the larger business model of companies now. That's like the new thing. So yeah. probably turning down the amount of sponsors you have, you get paid more by those people. But at the end of the day, you're like are going to their events, you're speaking at their events, you are. Um, living that brand, you are literally like uh, like you are an ambassador in the deepest mm. sense, and I think that might be the new way of working, where you exclude a lot of um, other potential sponsors, but you are focused on a handful of brands that yeah. um, that have you um, not doing ad hoc work, but are like a part of like a campaign for twelve twelve months, twenty four months, exactly, and I think yeah. that's where that's where I think the big drive for next year is probably going to go for me personally. Wow, that's pretty cool. So uh, now that you mentioned um, working with a limited few bands, I always see um, some of these uh, guys on YouTube as a NASCAR. Um, if you see a NASCAR, there's like brands everywhere. Every single spot is on there. Yeah, they get stickers on their windows. Just another brand can jump aboard and get some exposure. But sometimes you have to be just number like focus on your core things and things that you can actually live by. Like so, not not just be. Um, okay, cool. Uh, this guy's going to give me X and X, Y, Z. Every, like, everyone's going to a little bit, but to have those, five, five, let's say, five or six brands that you always work with and that's it, you get a 12-month contract or a 24-month contract or end up with a lifetime sponsorship from them. That's that, that's ideal. It's hard to do. So, mm. um, because uh, not many people are willing to part with 12 months of, 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 of funding. <laughs> that's yeah. actually why. <laughs> So people go, a lot of PR companies will, will contact you for like a smallish campaign and they've mm. only got X amount of money to spend and then you'll just do that campaign because that's yeah. what's happening in PR. But I find ad, ad agencies are always behind. So yeah. that's yeah. They're, they're working off last year's model and I think next mm. year's model is, is very different. Um, okay. um, and I think that like if you want to make some money, like that's the best way to do it right now. But if, if PR companies and ad agencies wake up, they should be pitching more money and doing like longer term campaigns with clients, um, exactly. and there's 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 returnable metrics on that stuff. You can see it, uh, mm. so um, it's important. Uh, yeah, it's important that people focus on that kind of stuff. But anyway, we'll we'll yeah. we'll, we'll 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 see how it goes. In gaming, it's very different because mm. it's actually kind of the, all the different brands, the stickers that you get are like bra- like badges of um of like uh what you call it? They're like badge of honor. They're like yeah. It's like a medal on your uniform if you're in the army or yes. something. Yeah. yeah, I already had somebody t- DM me this morning uh, and he was like, yo, how, like, how did you get all these brands on? Like, like that's yeah. a huge deal. Like, not as a, like, it's like a positive thing, you know? Whereas I think if you are a different kind of influencer, it's tougher to be like branded everywhere. But gaming is, yeah. is pretty chill. I, I, I think, I think I've just had a lot of experience in gaming that uh, it's really easy to, to do this and, and very plausible, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, I said I've I've always had the thing of getting brands and stuff and, and on board that fund your daily life. So it doesn't have to be, um, for instance, if I get what if it's, let's say if I saw tomorrow there's a scooter company. It comes to me and said, "Cool, we're going to sponsor you with the scooter." It's going to be a different thing for me to do because I'm not used yeah. to commuting with the scooter and whatever. So it's not part of my life. 
But now tomorrow, um, let's say Triumph comes and say, no, cool, let's promote a bike. It's not going to be that hard to me to do because I do drive bikes and I like that and I know a lot about the subject. So it's easier to to get part of a brand like that than something that you not don't know anything about. And now all of a sudden have to learn their market and learn how to sell their products to their customers. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a completely different thing, but uh, dude, now I just want to do first. Thanks very much for taking this hour out of your day. Um, chatting to me on the podcast, dude, it's really interesting. So I've got a, I'm definitely going to, when I'm editing this, listen back and write <laughs> down all the little notes and stuff. You give me some ideas for some videos. So I'm going to be making some videos on these points too. Yeah, but that's, Good that's, that's cool. That's, that's definitely, thanks. Um, that's what I try to do. I, I said, I try and sit and extract as much information from people that I find are extremely awesome and make cool content on the internet and trying to attack that and not just give it to myself, trying to have someone else listen to this podcast and say, I want to be like Grant and then can get the little tidbits from this and say, okay, cool. I need X, Y, and Z to try and get to where it could get there. But yeah, thanks very much. Dude, yeah, thank you. Dude, if anyone listens to this wants to get a hold of you, see your content stuff, you can just uh, plug all your social media and gaming wherever they can they can get a hold of you. <laughs> it's just at Grant Hines, straight up. Yeah, you can find me, uh, yeah, pretty much everything is like that. YouTube, okay. Twitter, everyone, just one word, one word. I've I'll got that it. brand on everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That is your brand. That's that's you. This, if I Google that, that's the only name that pops up is your face. So that's very cool. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but like I said, I'll link it all in the description. And once again, thanks very much for, for your time, man. Kevin, thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. And awesome. let me know when it goes up. I'll do so. <laughs> and there we go. Another awesome podcast with the awesome guest. Grant is one of the coolest guys that I know. And now I have a, a ton more respect for the guy. Really awesome podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you do like the podcast, please subscribe. It really helps um, the whole podcast grow. Um, and share the podcast. Share the podcast with other content creators um, to get a bit more tips and tricks for the man himself. And, yeah, cool. That's it. See you guys in the next episode.